This is Total Retail Tech Insights. The content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail. I am joined on today's episode by Omar Akala, the Corporate Vice President of Commerce Products, as well as Eugene Amagud, the Corporate Vice President of Commerce, both of Blue Yonder. Thank you for joining me today, Omar and Eugene. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. So uh, to get us started, I, I'm curious, and I think the audience, uh, in terms of some context, tell us briefly a little bit about your professional experience for each of you and, and as well as your current roles at Blue Yonder. All right. Uh, maybe I'll start. And this is Eugene. I've started uh, my career in uh, water management, uh, worked for a few companies, and in uh, 2014, actually decided to start our own. And uh, so I started Yantrix. And the idea was that there was a great, a lot of great new tech, uh, quite a few new business uh, problems that uh, we were able to, uh, wanted to solve using new technology. And we started uh, Yantrix with the idea of building kind of new new water management with new microservices, with new uh, tech stack, et cetera. And uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, we were acquired. We were acquired by uh, Blue Yonder. And now within Blue Yonder, I run a commerce business unit uh, responsible for go-to-market product development, implementation, et cetera. Very good. I'll go next. This is Omar Akila. Um, so 25 years in supply chain and commerce. Um, I started my career at... Uh, a, uh, a distributor, Ingram Micro, uh, was responsible for uh, Ingram Micro logistics uh, companies and, and connections and connectivity and, and engagements, and uh, then moved to Apple, where I spent uh, nine years of my career there uh, on the Apple online store and operations, helping with uh, things like geo expansion, new product introductions, uh, supply chain to commerce interactions. Um, and then uh, went to Target, led uh, Target's digital transformation on order management and commerce. And again, using the supply chain as a differentiator in the, in the experience. And then landed with my good buddy, Eugene, um, at uh, Yantrix, uh, you know, offering uh, those services to retail clients and retail customers, um, you know, worldwide. And uh, we were fortunate to be acquired by Blue Yonder, where now we have the ability to harness the entire supply chain, supply chain products and services to bring all that together uh, in terms of uh, delivering a customer-centric uh, supply chain offering for uh, uh, retailers. So very excited. Yeah, thank you to each of you for going over a little bit of, of, of your career background. And you, uh, Omar, I'm going to follow up there. You, you talked briefly a little bit about the work that Blue Yonder does. Um, so for our audience, our audience members that might not yet be familiar with Blue Yonder, um, tell us a little bit about how the company um, can help the retailers that, that are listening. Uh, great. Um, so, Joe, again, this is Omar to your point. Um, from a Blue Yonder perspective, if you think about the supply chain, the supply chain, regardless of what your business is, typically sits at the heart of everything you do, right? So from uh, purchasing to planning, to transporting, to uh, commerce, to assortment, to what you put in the stores, to where you put the stores, right? All of those things are necessary elements to uh, you know, stand up a, 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 a 
retail experience or a business-to-business experience. And Blue Yonder offers software and products that power the entire supply chain from uh, network planning to manufacturing plan to, to manufacturing to um, you know uh, inventory placement to um, uh, inventory replenishment to commerce and 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 uh, front end engagement right in terms of options and dates and services to execution products where we're actually executing within the four walls of the warehouse they're using their our software to power uh, pick pack and ship and fulfillment all the way through to transport where we're connecting with all the carriers, doing the right shopping on their behalf to pick the right carrier for the right uh, package and, and, and hand, that cu- hand that package off to the customer. So if you think of the end-to-end supply chain, Blue Yonder powers it all. So let's talk a little bit about, obviously there's been a lot in the media recently about the supply chain um, and how there's been disruptions, obviously, because of many different factors, the pandemic being the leading one there. Um, and evolving consumer behaviors is another kind of piece of the equation. Tell us a little bit about the current status for the retail supply chain um, as we just, you know, coming out of the holiday season and starting a new year. What companies might be able to expect uh, in regards to product supply and, and delivery of goods as we move further here into 2022? Maybe this Eugene, I'll start. Um... I think right now it's really interesting time, right, for retailers and for supply chain overall. So, uh, and quite a few kind of forces, uh, a bit conflicting uh, forces, uh, how we think about it, right? So on one hand, there are all these supply chain disruptions going on, uh, and so there are delays. Uh, on the other side, obviously, retailers trying to optimize on cost, right, of, of uh, their fulfillment. But from a customer and consumer behavior, uh, it's all around urgency. Uh, I was just talking to uh, one of the CIOs and we were discussing like in Manhattan, uh, the expectations now that I can order grocery and get it delivered within 15 minutes, right? And we all remember, we would go to the websites and see kind of, okay, five to seven business day delivery time, right? Just a few years ago. And now from five to seven business days, now expectations is 15 minutes. It's probably only in Manhattan, but that just gives you where the industry is going, right? And so all these forces are very kind of conflicting. Disruptions on one side, cost optimization on the other hand, and then all around customer. And I think, Omar, you talk pretty uh, passionately about uh, customer-centric supply chain. You may want to add something to it. Absolutely. Um, So Joe, and, and, and what Eugene kind of highlighted, I think is the ultimate dilemma that retailers have and and, and your question hits on it as well. So, uh, you know, if I need to remain relevant to my consumers, then I need to address the way that they now want to behave and shop with me. So I not only having a corporate identity and understanding, right, who my customer is, what products I should, I, I should serve to them, but now it also becomes about speed and convenience, like, like Eugene talked about, right? The urgency to buy, the, you know, you kind of have two distinct types of customers now where, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, time poor, um, but, but cash rich or, or they're, they're cash uh, uh, poor and, 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 and time rich, right? So that categorization of, of, of customers allows uh, retailers to cater how they want to interact, right, with customers, right, in terms of 
you know, buy online, pick up in store, uh, you know, hourly up to the minute time slots, or they just want to come and engage in the store and, and, and uh, you know, spend some time and enjoy that retail experience. Retailers are now positioned, are now positioned with needing to answer the call regardless of how customers want to interact with them. And then on the supply chain side, you need to get the product in the right place at the right time and have visibility to those disruptions and be able to optimize so that you can understand when a disruption occurs and be able to dynamically adjust for that disruption, right? Disrupt your plans, your, your, your merchandising plans, your assortment plans, uh, you know, all of that needs to be dynamic, whereas in the past it was static. So it's, as Eugene said, it's definitely a crossroads where in order to be relevant, you have to address the needs of the customer. But the supply chain is now becoming the central pillar to delivering the experience that the customer wants. And not being able to address it becomes, you know, the difference between those who succeed and those who fail. Yeah, and Omar, you and Eugene, you guys, you speak about the added layers of complexity that have come into into the uh, factor as of late. Obviously, the growth of services such as buy online is a pickup in store, as you noted, curbside pickup kind of being another variant of that. Um, shipping online orders from store stock, um, obviously, that uh, is is a growing area. Talk about the levels of the complexity that have been added to the kind of supply chain process for you know retailers with physical stores, um, and the level of uh, uh, technology awareness and, and the systems that need to be in place uh, for their staffs to be able to facilitate these types of cross-channel experiences that consumers have come to expect and and expect them to be you know carried out with the speed that you know today's consumers. Uh, are expecting. Sure, Joe. So, and this Eugene, um, one of the main advantages, right? Many retailers have other stores. And uh, if you look at it during kind of COVID times, et cetera, and going forward, uh, being able to react of how you want to uh, optimize your supply chain around those stores is uh, pretty uh, essential. Couple examples, right? Usually retailers would close stores because of hurricanes or because of some other disruptions, right? But uh, now because of COVID, there would be just uh, government regulations, right? And then it would get even more complicated because regulations would say, well, customers cannot come to the store, but they can do a curbside delivery or they cannot do curbside delivery or come to the store, but you can still ship out from the store because employees can come to the store, right? And uh, those regulations uh, change uh, maybe day by day or week by week, right? And being able to react really fast to these kind of constraints is uh, super important, right? And uh, technology should enable and allow businesses to kind of react to, this, uh, to these changes. And again, while you're still doing that, being able to offer all these options, right? To, uh, to the consumers, to the customers saying, well, now maybe you cannot come to the store, but I'll ship it to you. And I better be able to ship it to you within... Uh, you know, a couple of days at most. Um, so that's some of the capabilities that technology needs to provide. And the other part of it is um, in the midst of all of that, um, kind of large, big projects are now, uh, I would say, dead, right? Nobody starts and says, well, let me put the system in and I'll get my uh, curbside delivery implemented in a year right? And I'll change my whole system to support new initiatives in nine months, right? The expectations now 
right? Is to implement something pretty quick that addresses the business need and maybe be up and running in, uh, you know, six or nine weeks. As more and more retailers introduce these services um, and these connected commerce experiences that we're kind of talking uh, holistically about, what should they be evaluating? Um, for many, these are these are new programs, or e- even if they're not new, they're they're continually looking to improve. What should retailers be evaluating as they seek to provide these connected commerce experiences that today's consumers expect? Optimizing the experience um, from you know the technology needs through to um, to you know your your staff at at the store level, the warehouse level as well. Um, other factors that maybe uh, I haven't mentioned. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts there, uh, Omar and Eugene. Sure, sure. This is Omar. I'll, I'll start if you don't mind, Eugene. I think, um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, Joe, right? So, um, you know, as retailers think about their customers and their labor and their stores, they have a lot to unpack, right? But if you start from a simplistic view around the customer first, and treat the supply chain as a transparency layer to engage that customer, things start to fall in place. What do I mean by that? Well, first is understanding who your customer is, what those what, what your customer likes, personalization tools, um, being able to be transparent about the options that they can uh, uh, interact with you as early as the product search page, right? So they're, they're browsing your website and you tell them that they can shop their local store and you know what their local store is you're able to understand whether or not that local store supports buy online, pick up in store, or if it supports uh, ship to home, or if it supports last mile delivery, you're able to provide a delivery date and the options that they can engage, or you can offer them the ability to walk into the store and experience the store. On the store side of it, and we talked about it earlier and Eugene uh, uh, discussed it, they, uh, retailers have a challenge with asset utilization. In the old days, it was about fulfilling out of fulfillment centers and, and stores were looked at a high cost, uh, uh, you know, high touch uh, uh, fulfillment, right? And, and they, they didn't want to, to, to touch that. But now they're looking at labor utilization plus transportation cost, plus speed and convenience. If I can get it to a customer in a day and, and use that uh, uh, commitment on the front end of the website, that actually garners me additional click-through and additional sales that offsets the cost to fulfill that I used to be so worried about. So now you see supply chain and, and the demand generation uh, uh, sectors of retailers coming together saying, hey, wait a minute, I know this is gonna cost more, but it's actually gonna acquire more customers. If I can be faster, I get higher acquisition. And that in turn with our margins can actually enable us in a better position than fulfilling out of warehouses. So that's where you're seeing the, the, the uh, influx of micro-fulfillment, the ability to fulfill out of stores. And lastly, to your point, I don't want to go, uh, you know, ramble on too much, on technology. Technology, to Eugene's point, cannot be a multi-year uh, uh, project where time to value is in, in years. Time to value needs to be in weeks and months. So the ability to actually light up services very quickly whether it's store fulfillment, whether it's buy online, pick up in store, whether it's dates and options, whether it's, it's visibility solutions and, and, and push notifications to your customers becomes very, very important that you're doing it iteratively, you're understanding your customer, 
and you're serving up that value to them, uh, you know, in, 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 in speeds and time that, that was never seen before. So that to me becomes the true recipe to success. And just to add to what Omar said, this Eugene, um, on technology a little bit also, not only it has to be agile, but also it has to be extremely, extremely scalable, right? Um, and I kind of see an interesting parallel there. Um, if you look at supply chain in general, uh, you know, it wasn't on the front pages, it wasn't covered by news too much, right? And now it's front and center. Very similar from technology, supply chain used to be more of a back-end process, right? And it was very intelligent. There was a lot of logic, uh, business rules, configurations, uh, a lot of value in those systems, but they tend to be, used to be back-end. And I think the one of the most important things retailers can do is take that and expose it front and center to their customers, to their consumers, right? But in order to do that, system has to allow you to scale to these kind of numbers, right? It's no longer kind of asynchronous kind of process that can take whatever time it takes. Now it has to respond on your mobile phone within, you know, maybe a few milliseconds or be able to give you a best store to find the product you're looking for within a second, right? And so it puts a lot of constraint on the system that before supply chain systems never had to deal with. And then how did, you know, we've talked a lot about delivery and maybe I should step start earlier in the process and also talk a little bit about kind of forecasting and how um, that factors into this given um, some of the scenarios we've seen with with in terms of labor shortages and port delays and sh uh, shipper and freighter uh, container shortages uh, forecasting and, and preparing your inventory orders in time so that you're able to meet demand when it um, is there how does that kind of factor into the into the conversation as well and what are you doing at blue yonder to help in terms of that planning process yeah this is this is omar again um so uh, that's that's a, that's a great question and i think that's where you know blue yonder is uniquely positioned in the industry right because you know of their 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 extremely rich portfolio in, in planning and forecasting now combine that, Joe, with a true understanding of real-time demand in commerce, right? Understanding exactly where that demand is coming in terms of a click for a reservation and tying the two together. So the first is getting the forecast right according to what's happening in terms of the supply chain and supply chain disruptions and being able to have the optimizers within planning, which we've invested a lot into in terms of our artificial intelligence and our machine learning unsupervised learning solutions to understand when disruptions occur and be able to address that. But then when you couple that with an, a real-time understanding of what's happening on the ground in terms of the clicks that a customer is, is, is interacting with you in terms of real-time demand, and you bring those two together, and that's where the power of what Blue Yonder is, you know, offers to retailers really comes through. Visibility, planning solutions, commerce solutions, transport solutions, all coming together uh, uh, you know, in a microservices architecture where they can be loosely coupled or, or tightly integrated. They can stand on their own or they can, they can work you know, flawlessly together becomes uh, again, a, a, a differentiator that, that Blue Yonder offers our, our consumers. And so um, you know, planning, replenishment, 
uh, insights, uh, anomaly detection, real-time optimization, right? Those all become the, the, those critical ingredients, right? If you will. Does that make sense, Joe? It does. And I, and I guess a follow-up to that is, um, and Omar or Eugene, feel free to, to, to jump on this one, is the level of collaboration across a retail organization that's potentially working with a solution like Blue Yonder, you know, be it the supply team, the merchant teams that's that's um, placing orders and 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 buying product, um, all the way through to store teams, operations teams at the store level, within the warehouse level. Talk a little yep. about um, kind of the level of collaboration that you're seeing from your clients, and you think is necessary to really compete in this you know, speed-driven environment all the way back to what Eugene was saying, customers expect things, you know, within hours at this point now, day, you know, days is, is almost becoming too long. So um, collaboration to enable that type of speed. Sure. Um, you're absolutely right, right? Uh, all of these initiatives have to become cross-functional. Um, one of my favorite examples, right, is usually uh, one of the main constraints, right, is inventory, right? So what's where, the placement of inventory? And uh, do you, where do you position it? And typically, traditionally, there would be a planning system. There would be a planning team. They kind of would figure out what's the best placement. Inventory would show up there. And then there's execution and order fulfillment. And the real orders come in and the execution engines run and say, well, it has to, orders have to be allocated from a different location. And now, you know, in steady state, it's not so bad. But uh, especially nowadays, right, it gets extremely, extremely poor um, kind of not connecting these two teams and two systems together. So some of the interesting uh, work uh, we're doing with our customers, right, is not only do inventory placement, but the planning teams work with the with their counterparts on the fulfillment side to actually simulate how will the fulfillment orders happen assuming the given inventory placement, right? And that becomes very important because instead of now two uh, separated teams, it becomes one team and there needs to be a system to support this kind of joint team, right? The cross-functional team to be able to kind of do this continuous learning, right? And there's a lot of machine learning as well in it as well. But basically you're predicting where the product should be. You execute based on it. You simulate it, what it would look like. And then you go in circle uh, continuously versus again, before you would kind of do a planning maybe six months out and then you would execute, right? And again, nowadays with all the supply chain uh, delays, et cetera, whatever you plan six months could be very, uh, frankly, useless, right? Uh, to execute today. So uh, this cross collaboration, right? From, from planning to order fulfillment to digital commerce teams uh, working together and being able to use technology to enable that kind of collaboration is uh, extremely important. And then, uh, let's talk a little bit about the role that, um, and this is sort of a follow-up to what you were just saying, Eugene, but the, the role that real-time access to inventory and customer data, um, obviously integral in creating these connected commerce experiences. Uh, tell us a little bit of what you're seeing there uh, in terms of the retail clients you're working with. Yeah, this is Omar. Uh, Joe, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, I think the, the, you know, Access to transparency and understanding what's happening on the ground is very, very important to serve up the right experience to your customer. But you can't be too transparent where you don't have the ability to control, right, uh, uh, for factors like volatility of inventory. So I have, you know, uh, 
product sitting in a store, but those products in the store may or may not actually be there because it could be in somebody's shopping cart or it could be uh, in, 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 in the checkout line. So how do you have intelligent baked into that transparency? And that's, that's what we're working with a lot of our retailers today, right? So in, in today's world, we're the single source of truth for inventory availability, powering their websites of many of the marquee retailers out there in the industry. And on top of that, there are solutions that that smartly identify, um, you know, uh, the volatility of, of uh, products according to where they're being fulfilled from, whether it's fulfilling out of a store, filling out, fulfilling out of a DC. That's where the intelligent intelligence of of you know how does the customer want to interact with you? If they want to come and pick it up in the store, then I may actually. Um, uh, only surface a portion of that inventory, knowing that the other portion could be volatile. If they're going to have it shipped to their home, then there may be more confidence in, in, in what I'm going to actually present in front of the customer, because I know that's based on a warehouse inventory or a backroom inventory within the store, et cetera. So being able to segment that inventory, being able to protect the inventory, being able to, to expose that inventory online is all key to that customer engagement that we talked about. Then you couple that with, okay, if I know who my customer is and I know the profitability of that particular basket that the customer is, is checking out with, I can now try to influence their behavior by understanding, okay, they've got three items in, in their basket that this shipment isn't as profitable as I would like it to be. So I'll throw a coupon at them potentially to get them to walk into a store. So I influence their behavior to do buy online, pick up in store instead of shipping, as an example. Those are all things that we see our retailers migrating to, i.e. transparency, higher intelligence, being able to then influence the behavior and be, being able to understand who that customer is and their behaviors to put uh, you know, the right products in front of them um, at the right time. So Joe, I think, you know, to your point, inventory is the lifeblood, right, of, of the website in terms of, you know, in stock, out of stock and what's available near you. But then you couple on top of it, all the intelligence required for all of the options and the protections and, and uh, you know, customer um, uh, lifetime value and their behaviors that all becomes, uh, you know, the, the, you know, added benefit on top of yeah, I think that connection that you've kind of made to um, to marketing and, and kind of promotional uh, development in terms of, you know, driving the behavior of the consumer, whether it be through the use of a coupon or trying to get them in store through buy online, pick up in store offers. And obviously, once you get in them, store, them in store, trying to add to that basket size of what they're purchasing, uh, it's a Absolutely. really interesting point for sure. Correct. Correct. So then... Um, Lastly, well, actually two more real quick. Um, so if there were, uh, you know, let's say a checklist, but if you were going to identify here are the, the one, two, three things that ret retailers really need to um, be focused in on if they're looking to really make their supply chain and their uh, a competitive differentiator, what would they, what would you guys uh, advise them to do? I would say, Inventory is number one from placement to execution, et cetera. Um, labor, right? How do you optimize labor for kind of this increasing digital demand? 
and finally be customer centric and offer you know all the right options that uh, regardless of where a customer uh, is present should be able to fulfill the order for, for that customer. And then lastly, for those that want to learn a little bit more about Blue Yonder, obviously it's been a great conversation, but there's so much more out there that you can learn about. Um, what, uh, Omar and Eugene, how would you uh, tell people to go about learning a little bit more about Blue Yonder, the services and solutions it offers? Uh, this is Eugene. Uh, so a couple, uh, couple ways. So first I would say go to our website, blueyonder.com. Uh, there's lots of information around commerce. Uh, another one, we have a, a demo that you can sign up for, uh, for, for the commerce portfolio as well, and get a little bit more detailed uh, information there. Perfect. Well, I want to take the opportunity to thank Eugene Amagud, as well as Omar Akala of Blue Yonder for joining us on today's episode of Total Retail Tech Insights, as well as our sponsor of this episode, Blue Yonder. Um, thank you for your time, Eugene and Omar. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.